Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One. You're listening to RTE Radio 1. On Tuesday, it'll be 45 years since Elvis shuffled off that black velvet, that little boy's smile and that slow southern style. But even in the darkest of nights, you can always hear the king call. Y'all. Elvis is dead. Long live the king. By Shay Healy. Uh-huh. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. It's down at the end of the lonely street, a heartbreak cocktail to me. You make me so lonely, baby. I get so lonely. I get so lonely. I could die. I could die. Ah, how are you there? How are you, Kevin? Jesus, you're dressed and ready and all. Yeah, I have to be doing something. Are there many in yet? Yeah, it's filling up nicely. How's your throat? I took some honey. Where did you take her? Ha uh-huh. <laughs> Let's hear you. <clears throat> well, since my baby left me, I've had a new place to dwell. Thank you very much, thank you very much. No bother, that sounds great. Right, I'm going up to the band. I'll see you in a while. Okay, how are the hors d'oeuvres? As my mother would say, me nerves. Good luck. What do you think of him? He's good, isn't he? That's me son, Kevin. He's making his debut as a professional Elvis impersonator tonight. And I taught him everything I know. Why, you may ask? Well, it's because I'm an Elvis impersonator too. I often thought about getting a story in the paper. I bet we're the only father and son Elvis impersonators in the world. There's all kinds of Elvises, you know. Black, white, Indian, Pakistani... <laughs> There's even a lesbian who calls herself Elvis Herselvis. Can you guess what I called myself? Elvis O'Presley, the Irish Elvis. There were 107 Elvis impersonators even before he died. And today, there's 85,000. Well, actually 84,999. Because tonight, I'm officially retiring. That's why I'm here. Handing on the crown to Kevin. I'm 53 and I have a dodgy back as well, so the big gigs are gone for me. And I'm going on stage to sing a duet with Kev. Now here's a good one for you. This is the moment. I got married on August 16th, 1977, the day Elvis died. I didn't plan it, of course, but then it wasn't that much of a surprise either. As far as I was concerned, me and Elvis had a thing going on for a long time. I think I'm probably the only person in Ireland who remembers 1956 for being the same year that I was born and Elvis had his first number one, Heartbreak Hotel. Well, since my baby left me, I found a new place to dwell. Brilliant song. But it was the comeback special in 1968 on the telly when I was 12. That was the first time I saw him. Of course, we didn't see the show until 1970. They were a bit slow about putting those sexy gyrations on holy Catholic Irish television. When he was making the show, Elvis hadn't sung live since 1961, and he was cacking himself. But the producer heard Elvis and the band messing around in the dressing room, playing the blues and stuff. And they stripped the show down until it was like an unplugged gig nowadays. The stage set up like a boxing ring without the ropes, audience on four sides. His original guitar player, Scotty Moore, was on guitar. Another original, DJ Fontana, was playing drums on a guitar case. Elvis in the middle of them. So cool. Black leather jacket, 
black leather trousers, all hot and sexy. God, thank gimme. I nearly had given him one myself. And then he sang, That's All Right, Mama. And I was hooked. Well, that's all right, Mama. I told myself the coincidence of me being born in 1956 and Elvis having his first number one the same year meant something. As far as I was concerned, me and Elvis, we were practically related. It was my license to buy black shirts and really tight trousers. Elvis took a lot of slagging because of the way he dressed as a teenager, especially after he moved from Tupelo to Memphis. He used to buy tight pink trousers and black shorts on Beale Street, which was really black black and funky. He even went to a women's hairdresser's to get his damn dare done. The barbers just didn't get the sideburns and the duck's arse at the back. I had my family driven mad collecting information about Elvis. They robbed pages out of the magazines in the doctor's waiting room. Me ma, who never committed a sin in her life, there she is with her little nail scissors in one hand and her rosary beads in the other, cutting photographs out of the library's copy of the Irish press. Christy, there you are, son. Three black and whites. Nah, you're going to wind up in jail. If they catch me, I'll pretend I've Alzheimer's. I'll say I thought Elvis was me long-lost uncle Eugene. I hope you told Father Guinity. Of course I did. What did you say to him? I said, bless me, Father. I stole three photographs of Elvis Presley from the Pear Street Library's copy of the Irish Press. And what did he give you? Three Hail Marys and a Hail Holy. And did he say anything else? Yeah. What? He said his favourite Elvis song is I Can't Help Falling In Love With You. I can't help falling in love with you. When I heard that, all I could do was laugh. You see, I brought Marie especially to see the picture that that was in. Blue Hawaii in the Carlton. And then we went to Sherry's in Abbey Street for an omelette and chips. Don't laugh, that was very posh back then. And we were all dolled up for our night in town. Marie was a right head-turner. Small and petite, all eyelashes and red lipstick. Anyways, we got the bus home and I walked her up to our front gate. And says I, real solemn-like, Marie, there's something I want to tell you. What? Well, it's about... Not taking good advice from men who are brainier than me. <laughs> what are you on about? Christy? <laughs> will you get up off your knees, Christy? Only fools. Oh, will you, will you stop the neighbours? <laughs> oh my God, Scarlett. Right, is there more? <laughs> falling in love. Oh my God. <laughs> will you marry me, Murray? Christy Doyle, <laughs> you're a head case. Of course I'm marrying you, big Egypt. <laughs> take my hand, <laughs> take my whole life too, cause I can't help falling in love with At my wedding, I wore a kind of Elvis suit. Not fat Elvis with rhinestones and all that, 
It was a bit of a frock coat and I had one of those little clip-on cowboy ties. I made a disgrace of myself at my wedding. We were just sitting down to the grub when I heard the news about Elvis dying. I couldn't believe it. I started crying. Then I started on the large gin and tonics. And then I started on a big downer. Before I knew where I was, there I was up at the microphone singing. The tears were running down my cheeks. Me fly wide open. Fair play to Marie. She saw the danger. It took a few seconds for me addled brain to get the message. And God bless Marie's instincts. I started singing Jailhouse Rock and I saved us all from further embarrassment. The first time I saw Jailhouse Rock, I nearly wet myself. And I bet you don't know. Elvis, he choreographed that whole dance sequence in Jailhouse Rock himself. I bet you didn't know that. Ask me anything about Elvis and I can tell you. Mind you, Marie was going balubus with all the Elvis records and stuff I was collecting. And I says to myself, I'd better find some way of taking the heat off of myself. But there wasn't much in the way of distraction going on in Ireland in 1977. But one critical thing did happen. I went to see an old show band head, fella called Frank Chisholm. He was the first Irish Elvis impersonator. I thought he was brilliant. But I realised with a bit of a gunk that the Elvis most people remember is the fat Elvis in the white suit. Sure, I was only 20 and skinny. I was thinking if I wanted to be an Elvis impersonator, I'd have to stick a cushion up me jumper. Anyway, life, or should I say the wife, had other plans for me. When I got home, I didn't even get a chance to tell her what I was thinking about. You're still up? Yeah. What's going on? Guess. I'm pregnant. Yeah, what? Pregnant. Three months gone. Chase, you must have got pregnant the night of the wedding then. I don't think so. <laughs> Elvis. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Close call. If it had been a month earlier, her dad and her two brothers would have been around to introduce me to the thick end of a couple of baseball bats. Anyway, that put the kibosh on my plan to become an Elvis impersonator. I concentrated on my job in a hardware shop in Clambrazzle Street. And to be honest, life was great. And when Kevin came along, Marie went into labour. Wait till you hear this. Marie went into labour shouting for Colin Wilkinson in the Eurovision Song Contest. If it's a boy, I know what I'll tell him. What? And a man is born to do one thing and I was born to sing. Right, get me down to the comb, quick, before I have me baby on the floor here, right in front of Callum. I'd nearly given up on me dream of being an impersonator. Truth is, I nearly lost Marie when she was having Kevin. She had a breech birth and she hemorrhaged. It was touch and go for two whole days. It made Kevin very precious. Especially when they told Marie that we couldn't have any more kids. Kevin was a great kid. 
if you're a father yourself. Sure you know the way it is. We were dead cosy. Just the three of us. And Elvis wasn't even on my radar. Until a rotten bastard called Albert Goldman wrote a book about him in 1981. Jesus, it was vicious. He flayed the skin off him. Accused him of being vain. Said he expected people to worship him like a god. He said because Americans didn't have a king or a queen, Elvis was trying to create his own royalty. And he really knocked the Memphis Mafia, Elvis's buddies. And he went on about Elvis eating huge hamburgers in the middle of the night and shooting televisions, as if anybody cares. I got so mad that I said, To hell with this guy, Goldman. That's me mind made up. Marie must have heard me going around the house shouting about Goldman because she didn't bat an eyelid. Who's going to make the soup? I was going to ask your friend Bernie. Okay, well I'll ask her. Are you going to go for a white one? Fat Elvis? Yeah, suppose I'll have to. That's the one the punters go for. I'll call myself the skinniest fat Elvis in the world, huh? And you're not as skinny as you used to be. Oh, always the bitter word. Still, that was it. One little sarky comment, end of conversation. No resistance. She knew how I felt about Elvis. And this bollocks Goldman. He hadn't written a single word about the brilliant voice Elvis had, or the great records he made. That's me mission, says I. I'll go out and keep Elvis's name alive. Like he really needed me. But I knew what was really happening. I'd found myself an excuse big enough to make me go through with it. And two weeks later, I was standing in our kitchen in a white suit with rhinestones all over it. I thought this might be <clears throat> fuller than your own hair. A wig? Ah, oh, Jesus, it looks like it made a forced landing. You could get it back home. Um, doesn't Bernie's sister do hairdressing? Yeah, here, I'll ask her. She might make you pair sideburns as well. Answer me honestly, though. Do you think I look stupid? You'll be grand. Now, I know some of you are thinking I was a sap about letting Goldman's book upset me. But what everybody forgets is that Elvis went from driving a delivery truck to being a god in a very short time. I suppose you know about Elvis and the dead twin, don't you? Elvis had a twin, Jesse Garan Presley, who died at birth, made Elvis a bit of a mammy's boy. That's how he started. He made a record as a present for his mother, went into one of those old-fashioned recording booths, Sun Studios. The gas thing about Elvis when he was starting out was that it took him a couple of gigs to work it out that it was shaking his legs that drove the birds mad. He hated being called Elvis the pelvis, thought it was stupid. I thought it was brilliant. I had the shakiest pelvis between here and Donny Kearney. Drove the birds crazy. Send them home sweating, that was me. Here, what time is it? Jesus, I better get me gear on. Jacket. Trousers, shoes, belt. Where's me belt? My Jesus belt. Oh, Jesus, don't tell me for me last gig I won't have me poxy belt. 
Marie, how are you? It's me. Oh, Jesus, Marie, don't go calling me before you even hear what I have to say. Me belt. I left me bleeding belt at home. It's terrible for me last night not to have it. A taxi. A taxi wouldn't get it here in time. All right, all right. How are you, Dad? What's going on? I forgot me Jay's belt. Would you believe it? On me last night. Who are you, Auntie? Your mother. Don't tell me. You asked her to find your belt and bring it down to you, and she told you to feck off. In a manner of speaking. Kevin, I swear to you, as as Elvis is me, George, I did not cheat on your ma with Una Stapleton. But you fancied her? She fancied me. Ah, it doesn't matter who fancied who. All I know is ma's mind is poisoned and you just have to deal with it. I'll play a special request for you later. Yeah, what? We're caught in a trap. Ah, get out of here, you <laughs> cheeky blackguard. Una Stapleton? You don't want to know what happened with Una Stapleton. Seriously. Trust me. Oh, all right, I'll tell you. It was after a gig about three years ago. This really gamey-looking one, Una Stapleton. She was always coming up to the stage and making me lean down while she whispered a request in my ear. Her two big bazoomers nearly taking the eyes out of me head. Needless to remark, Marie hates her. Anyway... One night, I'm in my dressing room when I hear a commotion. You're about to be away. I'm a personal friend of Christopher Dial. Christy, do you know what I'm going to tell you? No, Una, what's that? I think you're even sexier than Elvis. Thanks a lot, Una. Now, I have to get ready to go back on. No, I'm serious, Christy. She lunged at me. And lost her balance. And then she fell down and she dragged me down on top of her. And her boobs were hopping out all over the place when Marie walks in. Well, when she sees that, Marie bursts into tears and runs out. And the upshot of the whole mess is that Marie hasn't come to a gig since. I tried really hard to get her to come tonight. But she wouldn't budge. Not even for me last gig. That's the way. Did I tell you about the first gig I ever did? It was for our local wheelchair society's Christmas do. It was just me and a piano player. I was breaking it at the start. But all I can tell you is... If you can describe people in wheelchairs as giving you a standing ovation, I got a standing ovation. Loads of people started asking me to do gigs after that. I was flying. And to tell you the truth, me head was probably getting a bit big. And then, to cap it all, one night this fella comes in. A well-known show band manager. Flashy clothes, the works. Says he, I could make you a fortune doing cabaret all over Ireland. All the birds you can handle. It was very tempting. Bright lights, boards, big money. But the thing was, I had just bought out the fella in the hardware shop where I was working. I was more than a bit confused. How are you, Christy? Ma, what brings you here? Ah, I just came down to see a new shop. Sure, I haven't changed anything. You're right, too. It's grand. 
I was just wondering to myself, like... What were you wondering, ma? What are you going to put up? Up where? Over the door. Oh, I'm just going to put up my name. And that's all. Your daddy, Lord of mercy on him, would have been proud of you. What do you mean, all? I mean, it's not going to say Christopher Doyle, hardware merchant and Elvis impersonator, is it? So that's where this is going. You want me to dump Elvis. Well, you're not going to stop me, ma. Who said anything about stopping you? Sure, don't I love Elvis? And you're doing brilliant. Then what are you trying to say to me? Well, it's just that, son. Look, you have your own business now, and a great wife who supports you, and a great kid. Look, you don't have to dump Elvis. Just don't get carried away with this. I'll have the crack. He can be your hobby. But don't let Elvis ruin your life the way he ruined us own. Sound as a pound, me ma. That's what I did. I made Elvis me hobby and it was a great decision. Marie was thrilled as well. And I'd say over the last 30 years, I've done enough charity gigs that I'll be sitting in between me ma and Mother Teresa in heaven. Is your heart filled with pain? Shall I come back again? Tell me, dear, are you lonesome tonight? Dad. What's up, Kev? I have two bits of news for you. What? Well, first of all, your girlfriend, Una Stapleton's out there. Oh, Jesus, is she langers? Up on a table, dancing. Oh, mother of Christ. Now, relax, I'm winding you up. The table couldn't hold her. I'll leg it as soon as I'm finished. You won't be able to. Why not? Remember I said I had two bits of news? Yeah, go on. I phoned Ma and persuaded her to come down with your belt. She's on her way as we speak. Listen, I'm gone. The band needs me. No, back, wait. Please, God, or Elvis, whichever of you is listening. Don't let Marie see Una Stapleton. Elvis was big into God. Loved gospel. After his show in Vegas, they'd all go up to his suite and sing gospel all night. There's a fella called Larry Geller, a hairdresser. Claims he was Elvis's spiritual advisor. Now, I think he's a bit of a Bengal myself. But he did say one thing that struck a chord in me. He said that one night Elvis said, Why was I born to be Elvis Presley? Look. Elvis didn't understand that it was look that he sounded black, that he was sexy, and that his manager, Colonel Tom Parker, was a genius at promotion. Saying, Why was I born to be Elvis Presley? shows how screwed up poor Elvis was. The Memphis Mafia used to tape aluminium foil over the windows and doors so that no cracks of light could get into Elvis's suite. Elvis lived like a vampire, up all night. Terrible insomnia. Pills to go to sleep, pills to wake up, pills for everything. And because they were prescription medicines, he convinced himself that he wasn't a junkie. And sure... Everybody around him was on the payroll, so there was nobody to tell him the truth. Nobody to warn him he was killing himself. The colonel? Why didn't he do something? It's only my opinion 
But I think the Colonel believed that Elvis would handle it like he always did. TCB. Taking care of business. God love Elvis. He must have been so lonely and insecure. And none of the women in his life could save him. I wish I could have been there. I'd have said, Elvis, we loved you when you were a handsome young rock and roll star from Tupola. And we loved you in all those silly movies. And we love you still in Vegas in your white suit and your rhinestones. Come back to us, Elvis. Feel the sun in your face. Take off your boots and paddle in the stream. Just don't die on us, Elvis. Please don't die. Maybe I didn't treat you Quite as good as I should have Maybe I didn't love you Quite as often as I could have Christy, Christy Oh, how are you? Here's your belt Thanks, love It would have been brutal not having it On me last night I know I should have come with you anyway, Christy I let me jealousy get the better of me too long. Doesn't matter, love. The past is the past and I'm really glad you're here. Marie, the gigs haven't been the same without you. Christy, look at me. Is that why you're giving up? It's part of the reason. Well, yeah, it is. See, I thought if I let Elvis go, we might... You! Elvis! Are you decent? Who's that? Who's what? Luna. Christy, you're still at it. No, Marie, wait. Come back. I can explain. No, you can't. No, but I can. You, you can. can. Christy, do you remember that one of your gigs here about three years ago? Will I ever forget? Oh, I was pretty drunk. I remember coming backstage here, slobbering and falling all over the floor. I was very embarrassed. I never came back near your gig again. Until tonight, when I read that this was your last night, I decided to come down and apologise. You mean, you didn't? No! No offence, Marie. Or indeed to you, Christopher. Uh, i I better go. i I leave it at that. And Christy, you definitely weren't... Not a chance, Marie. Oh, Christy. Oh, come here to me and give me a goozer. Christy... You know, you don't have to quit if you don't. Marie, I had me time and I'm quitting because I want to. And besides... Besides what? Me poor hips. They're totally banjaxed. And now, ladies and Gotta gentlemen. go. Showtime. Good luck, Christy. To have on stage with us a man who has worn the white suit with honour for the past 30 years. Tonight, he is officially retiring from show business. So if you see him singing somewhere, call the police. Or better still, call me ma! <laughs> Seriously, this man turned me on to Elvis. Without him, I wouldn't be here tonight. And I certainly wouldn't be doing Elvis. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to my da, the Irish king himself, Elvis O'Presley!
That was Elvis's Day, Long Live the King, by Shay Healy. Liam Carney played Christy, and Rory Keenan was Kevin. Hilda Faye played Marie, and the mother was Eileen Calden. Miriam Kelly played Una Stapleton, y'all. Sound supervision was by Philip Cook, and the dramaturg was a Jesper Bergman. Elvis's Day, Long Live the King by Shea Healy was produced by Kevin Reynolds. Uh-huh. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One.